This week on Dueling Review, it's Jim Henson's Storyteller Ghost Number 1 from Boom Studios. Within Scandinavian folklore, there exists a vengeful ghost known as the Miling. A man traveling at night comes across a haunting cry from within the forest. He enters it to find a spirit who demands to be carried to its proper burial site. The man agrees, but as he travels forth, the spirit's grip tightens, it grows in size, and the man's gait slows. Can he unburden himself of this terrifying weight before it brings him down for good? Matthew, let's talk about ghosts. Specifically, Jim Henson's Storyteller Ghosts. Do you remember the Storyteller series when it was on TV? Not even a little bit. And I feel like I should, but I've got nothing. It it was one of those shows that um, fell into a gap of, I think it was on Sunday night. Um, Was it on pay? I think it was on NBC. Yeah, I think it was on, well, maybe it was on uh, cable. Let, no, me, no, let no. me see. I, I, I was trying to look because, um, let's see, of course, it was a British TV show because uh, nobody in America understood what the heck Muppets were. <laughs> uh, the Muppet Show was a British TV show, too. I know, right? And that's that's the reason why they had to do it in, in uh, with BBC or uh, Thames or whoever was the producer on that. Thames, yeah, ITV. Yeah, uh, because uh, nobody in the United States wanted to, wanted to air it. Uh, I, I was trying to see. It aired in Looks 87. Like- Sunday nights in 1987. Yeah, I and I want to say NBC because I want to say that's where the Muppets were. Were they over at ABC? I can't remember. Uh, the Muppets over at were CBS. syndicated. Oh, okay. So it could have been different on different shows. Oh, is uh, let's see, entire series was rerun by HBO. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's why because I didn't have that kind of cable when I was growing up. The only cable I had was the one that was tied around my neck regularly. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> It was probably up against a show that I liked uh, because there were a lot of weird shows that I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Your Wise Guy. And it apparently ran for like 13 months. So, yeah, no no wonder I don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember a big deal because you had, you know, the storyteller and you had his big Muppet dog. And then he would just tell these. Is that is that Sprocket? I think it's Sprocket. It might be. Uh, and then it was, um, you know, these these fairy tales, these fables, these different kinds of stories told with the puppets and everything. It was very cool. Uh, uh, I thought it was kind of cool. And but, uh, you know, I've, I think I only saw like one half of one episode for whatever reason. I probably had homework or I was probably going to uh, some kind of thing, high school thing, because that's what you do in, uh, in 87 when you're 17. We would have been 16 or 17. Part yeah, of 17. Year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never really got a chance to to watch. Oh, you know what's probably going on? When did, the, when did the Simpsons start? Oh, 1991? Want, no, 91, really? No. I, yeah, bet, Tra- I bet it was Tracy Ullman is probably, oh, 89, first episode, December of 89 is the Simpsons. But I know that they were on um, uh, the other show before that, you know, their little shorts. I was probably watching Tracy Ullman while that was going on, doing my homework. Fox. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, back to this. So this is the latest installment of the Storyteller comic book series from Boom Studios. Right. And um, uh, this time they're tackling ghosts. I think the last time they did something about fairies, I want to say, was the last series. Something because there was like um, mermaids and princesses and something else, I think, was in the last series. But this time they're tackling ghosts. The first one that they do in this series is the story of the Myling. Now, are you familiar with the Myling before this story, Matthew? No, I thought they made it up. And maybe it is. Uh, again, maybe you should do some research before this show begins. What do you think there, dear <laughs> listener? 
The Miling. No, yeah. it is an actual Scandinavian, actual Scandinavian uh, folklore story that they're retelling here, which um, seems like a fairly easy way to write a comic, right? I mean, instead of, you know, writing out a bunch of prose stuff, you know, the mythology or folk, folk tales from different parts of the world, just create a just create a comic book out of it or do a podcast out of it if you're Aaron Monkey. I think it's harder, honestly, to try and and take something like this and put it into comic book or television form. Because if you say you, you grew up hearing the story of the Myling, right, and you want to turn it into a you know a thirty minute TV show or a twenty five page comic book, there's a lot of adaptation to have to do. You have right. to you know have to decide how you're going to prune this and how you're going to make it work. I'd rather just make something up. I think that uh, maybe I guess I mean on the plus side. Here's where I see the plus of this. I agree with you that maybe making something up and making it your own scary thing uh, could be good. But on the other side, you kind of do a service, and I don't mean like a public service or anything like that, but you're sharing folklore from specific regions of the world or from certain cultures that get, then get absorbed by other people who have a chance to go, oh, I never knew anything about this miling. I never knew anything about this this baby that rides on people's backs until they till they die. Uh, kind of thing. Um, so now I know a little bit more about Scandinavian lore. And so great. I have learned something. And if you can do different cultures in different parts of the world and do them with respect and not turn them into some uh, cultural appropriation or some uh, um, non-politically correct uh, tone deaf version of a story, then I think that's I think that's actually a good thing. I agree with you, Stephen. Oh, thank you, Matthew. I actually don't agree with <laughs> you. Don't? You don't? Okay. Uh, but it's also a difficult proposition. I mean, it's always difficult when you take these time, these kind of stories because so often they're based in an oral tradition. Yeah. And they're, you know, Sometimes they're yeah. localized or they're familiar to a specific region, a specific family, or just the way a story is told. I mean, we can look, and I think we actually came up against it a couple of times in Critical Hit where uh, we were referencing a specific myth and two or three of us knew it, but we all knew it differently. Mm. That's kind of, you know, I think the up and down of the whole thing. So again, I'm of the opinion that it would be so much harder to do something like this. And in a lot of ways, when you translate something that was an oral tradition into a form that can be repeated and watched on DVD and, you know, more widely disseminated you take that version and in a lot of ways it can overwrite the version that people knew before it's right. like you and know I, people are complaining about is... mulan not having the the dragon right the dragon is not part yeah of not the part of the actual, the actual story right, 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 right but i think though in this case if you have you know that you're going to remember the brothers grim the brothers grim did this exactly right they went around and they listened to all the folk tales Right. Uh, from the different regions. And then they took those stories and they collected them and put them together into the grim fairy tales that we have today. That's a good example of kind of like what Jim Henson storytellers is, uh, is right. the brothers Grimm doing this. And the only reason why we know these, these fairy tales or these fables or these folk tales uh, that the Grimm brothers collected is because they went around to all the regions collecting the stories and where they saw bits and pieces that were similar or overlapping, you slap them together. And now something that have, may have been, a tale that is very similar, but maybe um, changed because of distance across a region now becomes more 
uh, codified, more uh, unified for that story. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably continue to disagree on this, but I think that the ability to keep folk tales alive uh, for future generations to enjoy, even enjoy more widely, I think overall is, is a pretty good deal. Now, this story is one that really, really, really made me uncomfortable because the story of a myling, of the myling is uh, these two twin babies were born to uh, the master of the land and a servant. And the master found out. And because they, everybody was on hard times, he made him kill the kids, made the mother go out and kill the kids. And yep. one of them, well, not she left them out in the middle of winter to die on naturally. One of them yep. was rescued by a hermit and uh, grew to an old age. The other one turned into a rage ghost and went and, um, you know, uh, terrified everybody who came around the area because the, 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 the ghost wanted to get back to its body and, um, and live out its life. As the way this comic book goes, uh, we found out that the old man realizes that, oh, this is my long lost brother. Everything kind of has a happy ending, but not before this baby turns into a giant scary thing growing off the top of this guy's head. Right. And very nearly kills him. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he only lives because of, you know, a little bit of serendipity. And I kind of like that part. You know, that's one of the things when we talk about the Brothers Grimm that does bother me is the bowdlerization of the tales. Because the original version of some of these tales are kind of, what's the word? I'm well, in the, Jim Henson's, in the Jim Henson's horrific. take, yes, they are horrific, right? The, the, the yeah. uh, what's the dancing shoes one? The red slippers? where the mm-hmm. woman wants to dance. And so she gets these slippers and she puts them on and then she starts dancing, but she can't stop because she can't take them off. And it gets into graphic detail about her feet bleeding and all these things. Right. She's screaming for people to help her and no one will help. And it's truly horrifying until Disney gets a hold of it. And they're like, Oh, but we can add some cute little dragons here. And then we can add this little thing and we can put a musical number here. And suddenly uh, you've got a totally different story. So yeah, I can see right. where that, that happens. And certainly frozen is probably the most recent example where you t- tell the tale of the ice queen, uh, and all of a sudden it turns into this happy, happy thing with a horrible snowman in it. Uh, so I can <laughs> see where that's coming from. But this one, I don't know what uh, what they may have changed from the original uh, folk tale or the original yeah. lore. But uh, this one was pretty, pretty scary, I thought. It was very grim. It's very dark. And it's dark in a way that. I kind of like, I mean, you get to the end of the story and the storyteller is like, Wow. Uh, yep, there you go. And the dog is like, maybe I've had enough for today. I'm like, maybe you have, maybe I'm terrified and creeped out by the whole thing and, you know, dead babies. But also the old stories are meant to try and say something or teach something. They, they have in a lot of cases, almost an archetypical power. And this as depressing as it is, really carries that over. I feel that, you know, when the old man walks out into the snow and sees his screaming brother's baby ghost and doesn't realize that it's his screaming brother and wants to try and destroy it only to realize that this is his brother mm-hmm. and he now has to bury his brother's bones, which, oh my God, the bones of your baby brother. Yeah. They're still How preserved, long? you know, 60 years later or however long it is, you know, it used to be colder back in the day. Where right. uh, the the Great White North was white all the time, so I guess I well, could this see is that. Norwegia, so in Norwegia things are cold. Yeah, I guess yeah. all the time. That's how that's how your skin and bones re- remain for ninety years. I guess they didn't live yeah. as long back then. So even though he's drawn yeah. to look like a ninety five year old man, really in in fact he was only twenty seven at the time. He's thir- he's thirty seven <laughs> actually. He lived a really long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you what you think of the art in this issue? 
It's interesting. Um, I don't know what the storyteller necessarily looks like. I mean, I've seen stills and I, you know, I did make the joke about this looking like the dog from Fraggle Rock, but parts of it are wonderful. And parts of it, I'm just like, that's an interesting sort of choice. Uh, the heads of the babies are, are an interesting sort of choice. And mm-hmm. I know why they're doing well. They're the same size as the adults for one yeah. thing. Yeah, the heads, um, and they yeah. have, you know, yeah, yeah. they have anime eyes, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's an artistic choice. Every artist can make these choices and do what you will with them. And it really does in a lot of ways, it helps to blunt the fact that we're seeing newborn yes. children being left to freeze to death in the snow. That's what I was going to bring up because had they drawn these uh, kids more realistic and infant like, it would have been, would have been more horrifying. It would have been more horrifying, but also by but by making them somewhat disconcerting to begin with. You're right; mm-hmm. it does kind of blunt the thing where it's like, uh, yeah, maybe it is okay to kill these two horrible things. Well, and not necessarily okay, but you don't necessarily have that visceral yeah, the reaction of yeah. must must save baby. And so. then when and then when the baby turns into the myling as this screaming annoying ghost thing, then mm-hmm. you are like, oh yeah, man, this is horrible. Um, yeah, it really is. So, and I think that that I, I, overall, I really didn't like the art in this. I thought it was fine. Um, it wasn't my style. It wasn't, uh, necessarily what I like, but I understand the choices that were made here. And I do like that. Everything is very much cold and wintry and, and Mm -hmm. a blue palette, uh, throughout. Um, but it wasn't my style, but I'm kind of glad that it came out the way it did because just like you said, otherwise there would have been too weird of an attachment and that would have been, yeah crazy when i was younger ish um dc was putting out a series of books called the big books of oh yeah i remember those the Mm -hmm. big book of magic the big book of conspiracies whatever yep Yep. and they all had these wildly varied art styles and Mm -hmm. you would go from something cartoony like this you know this is uh mark laszlo doing story and art Mm-hmm. But you would see people switch back and forth, and you would see these very cartoony takes, especially in uh, the Big Book of Grimm, which retold a lot of these stories. And you would see these, and in a lot of ways, having them not be photorealistic, or having them not be, you know, having there be a little bit of exaggeration or caricature, also helps you to kind of appreciate these as folklore as yep, yep. stories of every man or any person because it's not something where that you know the mother is clearly scarlett johansson and the father is played by uh duncan from uh yeah, community whatever that guy's name is you know zazu the bird but i feel like John I, oliver yeah him i like the art and i like the art choices made more than I like the story. And it's not that mm. I don't like the story. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the story, as the story is put together, there are, there are some points where I'm just like, oh, this is terrible, and now everybody's going to die. Oh, wait, they didn't. Hooray! Well, I mean, I think everybody died in the story. Well, the old man survived because he managed to get his uh, brother's spirit not only to yeah, his bones, but yeah. with, a, with a baby doll to play with. And so the baby dissipated and he lived his remaining years. He lived to the See, ripe he, old age of 39. Yeah, he lived another three uh, months. Yeah, which is a long and happy life. Three months in the plains of Scandinavia on the Shus Boomers, uh, on, on the the Viking Voyagers, on the other references to the scandinavia oh, section I apologize of, of our scandinavian <laughs> the yeah. schlitterbahn <laughs> the schlitterbahn thank you 
<laughs> that's a that's a definitely a Midwest uh, amusement park reference there, right there, people. So there's two or three of them in a row, but you know, yeah, uh, I like it. And I, I feel you know, like even though if we I do... were to read this, although mm-hmm. now I do have one question for you. Okay, I felt like there is a page in the copy that I read that has um, duplicate of the. Yes, the dialogue. The yes, I, I noticed that okay. too, and I think that was just a mistake in in, in our review copy because okay. we get it before uh, print. So I would be curious if there was a duplicate in the text in the other um, print it, copy. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really. It was annoying, it didn't and feel it was like it damaged anything. No, 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 we no. Don't necessarily lose any comprehension, but it yeah. definitely did feel like that that was a mistake or unintentional at least. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting that you and I appreciate this book from very different perspectives and how we can both disagree. Like I don't care for the art. You like the art. I like the story. You didn't like the story yet. We can both kind of like the issue overall. Uh, I think that that makes for good conversation. Of course. Um, I would say we should do that more often. Disagree. (laughs) Um, you know what we should do, Steven? No. Stay with me here. No. We should talk about comics on a podcast no. every single week. Only once we a week? we should do it live for our friends. Only on once a week? Oh, yeah. For live for Discord people, yes. Only once a week. But once I think maybe we should get together and talk about comic books more than once a week. I don't know, man. Rand keeps telling me he'll kill me if I don't stop talking about comic books. And so... <laughs> I mean, week after week after week, I talk about comics and Rand is like, you know what? I'm going to kill you if you don't stop talking about comic books. Exactly. That's hurtful. Uh, It is hurtful. Yeah. 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 Uh, So, yeah, um, definitely. We should record this show live every week for our friends at Discord. Where can they find a link to that? What? Where can they find a a link link to to our Discord Discord? server? Yeah. Oh, can they find it on our Patreon page? Uh, well, they can actually link their Patreon page to the Discord, and then they can get access to a patron-only section of Discord that has this live recording. Uh, I or, bet you you can also find it in the this particular post for this podcast on Major Spoilers. Maybe. Yeah, or if you're not on the Major Spoilers site, you can just look in the show notes on your favorite uh, podcast player, and it'll be right there, and you can just click yeah. on that link and bloop. On, Next thing you know, you'll be... You'll, yeah, well, I don't know if Zoom has that kind of functionality that has the links built in that will take you to a website but or launch your, your Discord app. But if you click on that link, it'll launch you over to our Discord where you can hang out with the likes of uh, awesome people uh, like Mark Smith and Marshall Nesbitt and Olin, uh, Olin. Olin Olin is what I'm going to call him this week and the True Alec and Texura and Ameldo and so many more who are listening to this show live this week. So thank you for that. Now, the bigger question that I have for you, Matthew. Yes. Is how the heck did we arrive at reviewing Storyteller's Ghosts? Again, because as we both have said, we have no connection to the television series at all. And this may be the first Jim Henson's Storyteller book that I remember ever reviewing. How did we land here? Just some random flip of the coin? Yes, uh, sort of. All of the happy listeners all of our friends and our family and our, our, our people who know where the Patreon is went to patreon.com forward slash a major spoilers and they looked for dueling review. Now, if you were going to do it right now, you look for the dueling review for March the 18th. Correct. And you can tell us what to do next week. But last week it would have been for the, you know, the 11th. Yeah. And they chose from the list of comics on our Patreon page, the comics that are supposed to come out next week. And when enough people vote, 
we get a majority. Last week, we didn't have a majority. We actually had to do two books. Yep. But when enough people vote and we get a majority, we will read that book for you, and you can watch us dance. And the more people that vote, the better the chance that we can find something unique and interesting when so many people get involved already, Matthew. I yeah. posted this. Uh, I posted the announcement saying, hey, come in and vote, look at the list, all that kind of stuff. Uh, not 30 minutes ago. In fact, as I was recording the pre-show for our uh, live listeners, uh, four people have already voted already. So let's get more people over to nice. patreon.com slash major spoilers and get you guys in there to vote. It doesn't cost you anything to vote on this. This is a free open to the public kind of thing. However, if you decide that you would like to become a silver level member, you not only get access to uh, the secret discord channel where you could listen to the show uh, live, you get critical hit a, a week early, you get access to flashback, our fan uh, uh, podcast about the TV series, the flash, you get access yep. to uh, character sheets, you get access to behind the scenes stuff, you get access to the major spoilers pre-show and so much more for just $5 a month. That is, that is a bargain. It's almost like, so if you are enjoying, today. well, there you go. If you are enjoying everything that we put out in the major spoilers podcast network, you know, the major spoilers, the dueling review, the critical hit, the, uh, the Legion clubhouse, the top five and the munchkin land. If you're enjoying those shows, when you become a $5 member, you're basically getting twice the content just because you become a silver member at the $5 level or higher. Double, double the content. Double the fun, double the fat guys yelling. But uh, we, in fact, that was our pre-show. This the, the pre-show this week was two white guys yelling. So you want to definitely go and check that out. Uh, you also want to check out this list of comics coming out next week from Boom Studios: Alienated Number Two, Firefly Number Fifteen, Heartbeat Number Five, Power Rangers, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Number Four. Actually, saw an explainer video explaining the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I watched about what? ten seconds of it and I threw up, so uh, I turned that off really quick. What? Yeah, let me explain the Teenage... You don't know what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are? Let me explain the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, so wait. Let me guess. They're teenagers, they're mutants, they're ninjas, they're turtles. The end. I know, right? And then people are still creating explainer videos over that dumb stuff. Dark nice. Horse Comics next week. Cyberpunk 2077 gets all sorts of little merch uh, coming your way. Also, Bang at number two. Umbrella Academy gets a bunch of merch. And we also get X-Ray Robot number one. I am Robot. so looking forward That's to That's Mike Allred, Robot. right? It is. In fact, yeah. I'm going to go call it right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> ring, 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 Hello. ring. Hello, X-Ray Robot. Are you home? Uh, yes, oh, uh, this okay. is the X-Ray Robot. Who am I uh, speaking to, please? Uh, uh, it is the Cobra. Hello. Oh, uh, yes. Hello, the Cobra. You've caught me at an inappropriate time. I'm just out of the shower. Uh, I don't hit stores until next week. Uh, could you maybe call back then? No, I'm sorry. Uh, hmm. Okay, well, um, you'll have to excuse me. And I just set down the receiver and I go back to what I was doing. <laughs> and that's actually how Stephen and my conversations <laughs> go in the real world. DC Comics next week has Batman number 91, Deceased Unkillables number two, Lolo okay. Roads number four. Robin's 80th anniversary 100-page Super Spectacular number one. Get all them variant covers. This is a $10 book, so be on the lookout for that. Also, Year of the Villain Hell Arisen number four. Or depending on some parts of the world, Heck Arisen number four. Or actually, depending on where you are, it could be Hell Arisen. Or it could be H-E double hockey sticks Arisen. I don't believe it could be that. It could be, depending on how people are, you know. That seems unlikely. Is what Dynamite I'm Entertainment next week. Kiss Zombies number four. 
Don't kiss no, zombies, don't but kiss do zombies. pick up Kiss Zombies from Dynamite Entertainment. Red Sonia, Age of Chaos, number three. See, we're tying it back into Jim Henson right there. Vampirilla, uh, number nine. Vengeance of Vampirilla, number six. IDW Publishing shortlisting next week. They have uh, Star Wars Adventures 31, Transformers 19, and Usagi Yojimbo number nine. I'm sure one of our dear, 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 dear listeners will vote for Usagi Yojimbo because he loves to hear me complain about that series. <laughs> I really do like it. I just, when we get those stories, they tend to not be the better versions of those stories. Uh, Image Comics next week has, what do we have? A bunch of trade paperbacks. We have Hardcore Reloaded number four. Spawn 306, does that mean it gets another uh, world record? Does that mean like every month he gets another world record? Well, no, it just means that the world record is updated every month. Hmm. I wonder how that works. Well, you know how you have a record? Yeah. Think of it as like a, a, but, a but world it's title. Like, but it's like the guy with the longest fingernails. Do they just hold that title and you only get one plaque? Or, right. you know, we, next year yeah. they come back and say, hey, dude, do you still have the longest fingernails in the world? And he shows up the scraggly hands with the, the curly Q uh, fingernails and everyone's like, ah, okay, we're, we will let you keep your world record. Do they give them another certificate? No, do you it's think? like... Uh, Say you're the world champion and they hand you the belt, right? Yeah. You hold it for 484 days. Yes. Each of those days is part of that championship reign. So once you become the champion, once you have the world record, you maintain it until somebody takes it from you. Hmm. So until somebody posts 307, you know, until Eric Larson catches up, <laughs> which could be any time. Could now. be any time. Because Todd has done 300 issues in 30 years, and yeah. Eric has done 287 issues. Yeah. Which means they're up to an 87 way, I think, now. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah. He could he could theoretically he could surpass it him. It within, within how long? A year? Two years? Oh, it would take longer than that. Eric isn't actually on 12 months. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, he's, he's about Eric's, nine? I think he's on nine I right now, isn't he? nine or ten issues a year, yeah. yeah. So how far is he away? Like maybe two years then. He's only like 20, 30 away. It depends. I mean, if Todd keeps up monthly schedules Uh and Eric keeps up 10 a year, in theory, he could never catch up to him. Oh, okay. Spawn is going to have to have some sort of production delay, which oh, speaking happen. of production delays, woof, that Spawn movie doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Spoofy. Am I right, people? Yeah. Marvel Comics next week has a 2020 <laughs> Iron Age number one. <laughs> Captain Marvel number 16, Deadpool number four, Fantastic Four number 20. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Morbius number five. You know, there's a Morbius movie. Morbius Designs has failed. Also next week, Spider-Woman number one uh, arrives. There's a number of different variant covers for that. Star Wars number four, Thor number three, uh, and X-Men Milestones trade paperback Messiah Complex for 35 bucks. In all the rest category, we have Black Stars Above number five. I think we actually just dropped that review on the website this week. Oh, I hope so. I hope I wasn't paying attention incorrectly. Oh, no, we dropped a sneak peek. That's this week. That's what it was. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that I'm pretty sure that Ingrid has reviewed the previous uh, issues and she will review the upcoming issues as well. Unless Matthew says, I'm going to call it now. Bring, bring, I'll call it now. Bring, bring. Hello. Hello. Uh, but, yeah, is this the Dark Stars? Uh, yeah, this 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 is the Dark Stars. Why? Why are you calling me? Why did you change your name to the Black Stars? I, well, uh, so. Because. That's why. That's the only thing I can give. I mean, I don't know who you are. Prank caller. Prank caller. (laughs) 
And that, my friends, is improv. <laughs> Not very good improv, but improv. Hexagon. <laughs> Hexagon number one. Uh, Journey Under the Arctic hardcover graphic novel for only 13 bucks. Uh, let's see. You know, I've seen uh, the uh, the Naked Lady books have kind of dried up. You know, where you have all the, the nude covers and the semi-nude covers and the barely they, nude they covers and the nude nude covers. They go in cycles, and it's not the time of year for them. Uh, those tend to come back around in like the the oh winter. the summer months when summer so yeah when clothes are we'll coming get into off like anyway. June and July and it'll be the chastity naked glow Probably. in the dark upside down bag of hammers cover yeah uh, but next week we will get Vamp Blade season four number eight featuring how many covers do you want to guess eleven uh, Wait, no only even only six nine. yeah six six so we've got a young a young risque uh, chamizo chamizo Wait. risque. I'm Langell, Risque, these are the artists. Please not, tell me that Young is the artist. Yes, young, okay. is, young is the artist, not... Because I'm like, that's going to put you on a list. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I went... I'm, I'm still in trouble for having HBO and the Cartoon Network at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I did something stupid this week. Because uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm now on a list because I was like, huh, there's a lot of these mature, like, adult-only anime books or sorry mag manga Manga. that is on comiXology and i was like well i wonder and i was just curious it's just my curiosity you know how graphic do they mean when they say adult themes and so i was like okay let me me get this one and it's some teacher student thing Uh, and i kind of flipped through it and i was like eh, there's not really any nudity there's a lot of uh you know peekaboo type shots and and that kind of thing and i was like man not my thing and then i realized oh crap i just bought two children's books in that same bundle, I'm in trouble. And now yeah. my Google search is all messed up. For my have, uh, well, Google ads. That's that's why you use the incognito yeah. mode, so it yeah, doesn't yeah, clear. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was, was reading just, something. It was it was about this demon girl who has magical panties, and if she loses <laughs> her magical panties, this is true. She loses her magical powers, and she goes to high school and has to hide that she's a demon. So when she's in the the locker room. She loses her magical panties, and whoever has her magical panties then can control her powers. I guess I don't know. It's a that long, sounds long weird. Story. Anyway, so I just went on a on a dive just to see what kind of how risque the comics are because you know some services have really big restrictions over how um, what kind of content you can put on their services before you get in trouble. And you know you've got the the regular comic book fair, but I was curious about the the manga. A Sunstone was on there. That's what. What got me going, oh, if they allow Sunstone, then what else are they allowing? That got me just poking around just to see. Uh, the other thing that that I that I noticed, too, was that, and I guess this has been around for like five years, and I've only kind of half paid attention to it. Some publishers will allow you to actually download a, D, a DRM-free PDF version of the comic or trade paperback to your hard drive after you DRM-free. purchase it from Comixology, which... I was like, oh, uh, this looks entirely new. Apparently, it's been around since 2015 because I actually uh, downloaded a couple of comics because it keeps a record of of all your downloads. And I was like, ah, I downloaded this in 2015. I don't remember ever talking about this, but that is the most brilliant thing that Comixology can do when people are worried about, oh, I don't have, I don't really own the rights to my digital comics. Some companies allow you to do that. So 
Go check that out if you're on Comixology. And meanwhile, we will be back next week. Look, we've got uh, uh, Spider-Woman number one. We've got a vote for Wicked Things number one, Iron Age number one, and another vote for Spider-Woman number one. Uh, how will you vote? Head over to patreon.com slash majorspoilers. And next week, we'll, we'll figure out which one gets the most votes. And that's what we will review on next week's show. And maybe next week, you will hear Matthew say... This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.